0: Good morning, friends. It's such a great blessing for me to come to you today and bring you the good news of Jesus Christ again. Today, we're going to talk just about some very practical things as pertaining to our lives and living free from unnecessary stress. So many times, we bring stress over ourselves that is not supposed to be there, and we find that our societies, the way we live, has been designed. In a way that it just naturally leads to unnecessary stress now there's stress that we will always have in our lives but there's stress that we don't need in our lives that we can get out of our lives Uh, knowing having information about things that we're not supposed to know about uh, will just bring unnecessary stress so we're going to talk about the mind that is flooded with christ We're going to talk about a mind that is full of the good news of Jesus and how that will impact your life. So I want to welcome you to this broadcast of Dynamic Love Ministries Sunday service, and I trust this is going to bless you. Let us just pray together as we start our service. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you for the goodness and the kindness that there is Towards us from you. Thank you for helping us in everyday life. Thank you for being there for us, caring for us as we are living in this world, flooded with your goodness and kindness towards us. Thank you for your good news that brings us continual peace. Amen and amen. Well, today we're going to start off by reading from Ephesians chapter 3 and we're also going to look at first corinthians and colossians we're also going to have a quick look at uh first corinthians 13 where we talk about what love is and how paul's prayer is towards people they will be flooded with the knowledge of the dimensions of the love that there is in jesus christ it's about knowing the love of God knowing it with your intellect knowing it with your emotions and experientially having a life born from the love of God the greatest influence that can be on a person's life is to know that he or she is loved and when that love has got definition if it's defined as something what that love means where love is more than just a feeling in another person's heart it includes the feeling definitely it's born from an emotion but then brought into a manifestation when when all of that is seen it produces a stable good life amen now when we look at um at the passage in ephesians chapter 3 we're gonna see that paul is encouraging people and praying that they will be strengthened in the inner man, that they may know the dimensions of the love of God. And the purpose for that is, number one, that they will have a life born from God, but that that would also be basically a news event to the rest of the world. So we are a letter that is read by all men. We are God's letter. Uh, to the rest of the world God is writing in your life his love and life in you is a letter read by all men okay and I've preached about that before that was also a very good message you can go and look uh, look at I think I titled something about letter uh, and, and God writing a letter to people it is And I did not even think of mentioning that message, uh, but I will put a link in the description on YouTube where you can go and watch that. Okay, um, so in Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to just look quickly at Paul and what this whole letter is about and what it boils down to knowing the love of God. We're going to see that knowing the love of God floods you with the fullness of God the reason why I want to talk about this, let's just get to my reason why I want to talk about this is when I look at people, there is a natural care in my heart for the church. And I want to see people not living stressed out. And I find that there are people living stressed out. There are a lot of people, I would say uh, the majority of the people that, um, that I get to do with that is in the good news of Jesus Christ, don't live stressed out in fear but there are also people that do live in stress and when there's a doctor at the scene he's not looking at all the people that are well he's looking at those that are not well and then he will address that because you want those people to be well so I'm gonna address that I want to start off by saying you don't have to be informed about all the bad news there is in your area or on the news in order for you to live a successful Christian life. Many times it is said that we need to be informed on what is bad. We need to watch the news media all the time so that we can know what is bad, so that we can know how to pray. That, according to me and what I think, can be used as an excuse. It is an excuse for what I would call a... An adrenaline addiction. You know, when you watch negative news all the time, you can easily become addicted to that because every time you see that um, or see that negative thing, a little bit of adrenaline is released, and that adrenaline gives you a boost, gives you a kick. And every thing that goes up must come down. So uh, normally, if it's just one bad thing here or one bad thing there, uh, a little bit of adrenaline is released it gives you that kick and then without you really noticing your body recovers and is ready for the next uh set itself up for the next fight or flight mode that needs to come or that will come your way not need to but will come your way and it will in such a way protect you it's almost like an uh, animal instinct uh survival way of survival the way we live and there are also other um hormones and things that gets released when we are in stress. And should we get too much of that, it can even cause bad things in our life like sugar diabetes and so forth. So uh, a life of stress is not good. It's not a healthy life. It's not good. We're not supposed to be under stress all the time. Now, our bodies are also wired in a way where we look at what harms us And we need to know what harms us in order to protect ourselves, especially if we think that we are to protect ourselves and we are not protected already. Uh, And we're going to address those things. Today's message is going to be very practical. I'm going to use hands-on examples, and I trust that this will help you. First thing, you don't need to know all the bad news in order to be a good Christian. You don't need. You know that. Think, think of it just for yourself. How much bad news have you heard of thinking that if you are informed about it, you can do something about it and how much you've really done about it, and how, had, how has that impacted your life? And then you can think of the gospel the good news knowing that you're not saved by your works knowing that you are accepted in Jesus Christ knowing that God is not a sin conscious god but a loving god that has promised you eternal life who from his ability brings forth life in you and how that has impacted your life which side at the best impact and which of those sides has brought forth action to your life unto Doing something for someone else. Uh, I find in my life that when I feel loved, I move into action. When I know that I am safe, then I do good for others. When I know I'm provided for, then I find generosity come forth in me. When I am not stressed, I love on other people and so forth. Uh, It's as if the love of God compels me. But we have been taught and and, uh, it has been said that if you don't know the bad, then you cannot be compelled because it's almost as if the bad uh, working with the good somehow compels you to pray if you know all the negative then you can pray if you know what is bad then you can intercede and if you don't do that you are just like an ostrich that puts his head in the sand and you're not an effective christian i want to say this to you don't let that get you to a place where you feel that if you are not informed on all the negative things that there are that you are not a good christian it is just a lie it is just a lie. We don't need to have bodies that are addicted to adrenaline rushes uh, like you would if, if you would eat um, chilies or something, you know, it burns you now. It's, it's not a good feeling for your mouth to burn, but immediately when that sweat breaks, you find that there are certain release of hormones and things. I don't know if it's even hormones, what, 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 it's, what it's called exactly, but it's like a feel-good hormone. Um, and you feel good. And then you have to increase the strength of the chili all the time so that you can uh, feel good. And that is the kind of thing that also happens to the news. It's like when you listen to something negative, your body releases something to help you in that moment, to 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 give you a bit of a, a kick. And then as you Tomorrow you feel bad, you're basically recovering a little bit of it and then you listen to something bad again and you get the kick and so you are stressing yourself out unnecessarily. That brings unnecessary sickness to to your body, it brings unnecessary stress to your life. Now there is stress that is needed or that is normal and then there's unnecessary stress. And that unnecessary stress is what we are addressing today. Listen to what Paul says here. I'm going to read from uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7. He says, I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of the Lord's people, and that was because he knew that he persecuted the church at a time, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, what is, this is a mouthful, but what is he saying? He's basically saying here that he was called to minister the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, if we find the Apostle Paul, called by God, one of the greatest apostles there is, um, and he is, and he's got a calling from God, and we look at his calling we can clearly from that take what god thought was needed uh, in the lives of the gentiles in order for them to have peace and joy and love and kindness and all those kind of things and we find that the apostle paul had to minister the unsearchable riches of christ so we find that god knows the unsearchable riches that there is in christ means that it's you cannot exhaust it you can never stop to talk about it it is unsearchable it is greater than what we can ever search out it means there will not be a day where you don't find another depth something more valuable something greater something that is unsearchable in christ there will not be a day where you cannot see something loving and good and fresh if you want to call it like that in christ's love for humanity and he says here that he has been called to preach that to the gentiles so god knew that the gentiles were in trouble god knew that the gentiles needed life what did he then do he Raised Paul up to go and tell them how loved they are, how included they are, that they are also part of the people of God. The Jews are not the only people, but that they are also the people of God. You went to tell them that Christ is the Messiah of them that they have the promise of eternal life. They also have the promise of the life of God, the fruit of the Spirit, free from their own works. They also have a, a right to know that it is not by their own ability. They also have a right to know that their future is secure. They have a right to know that nothing can separate them from the love of God. Imagine that you grew up as a Gentile knowing that you've got all these foreign gods. Now, we call them foreign gods. To them, they were known gods, uh, you know, and some of those gods were worshipped in very strange ways. Some of those gods demanded the blood of the firstborn. Some of those gods demanded uh, you know, sexual intercourse as a way of worship wherein you had to offer up your husband or your wife or your daughter for people of different classes to go to the temples and worship these gods uh, in through, through sexual orgies and those kind of things. I mean, what a way to live. Here God looks at these people that are in these terrible situation. God does have knowledge of that, but he has a solution. All these people already know that it is not good for them. They are looking for good news. They have enough bad news. They already know the bad news, but they don't know the answer. They don't know how to be free. Imagine the turmoil you had to live in knowing that at a certain age you have to give or sacrifice your child or if you and your wife has got children you would know that the first born is going to be offered and sacrificed be put in the fire the baby is going to be burnt to death i mean that is not imagine the turmoil you go through when you live in a world like that here the gospel comes where it is said you don't have to sacrifice your child you don't have to offer up we find a God that comes and says i am so much willing to protect your life that i am willing to lay down my life to give you life my dream was to preserve your life not take your life my dream is to serve you with goodness to give you an eternal abode. I am not in need of servants. I have come to serve. I am not here to take your life, but to give your life. The life that I want to take is the life of... stress the life of worries i want to take that away from you and i want to give you life so what would the news be that all of mankind needs the news that all of mankind needs is the good news of a messiah that comes to save us where we hear that what oppresses us is taken away by the actions of a loving god that is what people need to hear and here paul comes and he says that i have come to preach the unsearchable riches of christ so the mouth of the apostle was not the mouth of how bad the caesar is or what the next negative thing is that was done by um by some some bad people we find that Paul did men- mention negative things in saying to people, "Listen, watch out for this person or that person because he persecutes you," and and just make sure that when you get into a certain town, you know, like Alexander the Coppersmith, or this person or that person, be careful for them because they brought difficult to me. So there was also warnings that was given out. But we found that Paul didn't think that it was necessary for the church to know negative things in order for them to be good Christians. I have been taught from Bible school times, even until now, regularly, we f- I see people saying that we as the church need to be informed about what is bad so that we can be good Christians and bring a change. It sounds noble, but how doable is that? Isn't it like this? doesn't matter what the sickness is, if we, if we had a certain pull. That could solve all diseases.
1: You don't have to have
0: knowledge of all the bad diseases. You would just know the answer. That's all you need to know. By flooding yourself with things, and especially the lie, that you have to be informed about all the negative things as well in order to be a successful Christian and to be involved, to be an answer. If you believe that, you will stress yourself out. You will put yourself in unnecessary stress. I just, practical example, Uh, somebody, and I mean, people send videos to me on a daily basis, but somebody sent me a video of a shooting that took place in South Africa in Pretoria. Two young people were driving in a car on the freeway in the middle of the day. You can see it looks like noon. And somebody came next to them with AK-47 machine guns, started to just shoot at them. Nobody got hit, thank God. They stopped the car. The youngsters ran away. The people came in and took a handbag. Now, I take that they maybe were drawing some money from the ATM and now these people was an armed robbery and so forth. But you look at all of that and you think of these are students. They are young people. And they robbed like that by four or five men with machine guns and stuff. You feel immediately in your heart, it's like an anger that rises in your heart. It's like an injustice that comes to you. Your mind immediately starts to reason. You start to think, uh, you know, this is not right. That is not right. You know, the government is the government. And you immediately in a stress situation there. Now, those things happen. And you might even be on the road and witness something like that. And yes, there is uh, an adrenaline release. Yes, there is things that take place. But how do we handle that as Christians? I spoke to my son about it. He lives there. It's in the area where he lives in, in, in the north, in Pretoria. And he said to me, Dad, what do you do in a situation like that? I said, man, I don't even know. I don't know. These kids ran away. It was good for them. Others might have been shot when they ran away. We don't know what, what will take place. So what would, do we do in that situation? And this is what, I th- what is an answer to me. I believe as what the, Jesus said to the people, listen, the don't think of what you will say when you are brought in front of the courts because in that hour the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. There are so many things in this world that we want to sort out now. And the reason why what we want to sort it out now is because naturally it's normal for us to secure our own lives and protect our lives about future threats. And I'm not saying one cannot do that. But when we get to a place where we don't know what we're going to do, we don't know, are they going to bring in another lockdown? Are they going to take out all our, all the? are we going to become communists what is going to take place we don't know when we get that news all the time i think the answer to any news where you want to try and prepare on what to say and what to do is always listen in that hour god will tell you what to say and what to do what god is saying listen even there in that situation there is life that i will give you and that is not by works, it's not by law, it's not by what you do, it is by the very nature of God. I've said this many times and it is something that has helped me in my life in, in, in tremendously. I remember that there was a time in my life when I was very stressed out about finances, the first 10 years of my marriage. I, was, I would say I, there were times, it was becoming less, um, but at about 9, 10 years into my marriage, I was one day stressing about money again. I wasn't stressing every day, but you would stress certain times. And I was stressing again. And I think I was maybe a bit grumpy there at home and, uh, you know, putting some pressure on Elena. Listen, we need to look at how we spend our money, this, that, whatever. Just normal guy. <laughs> and uh, Elena said to me, listen, I want to tell you something. God has provided for you in your unbelief for 10 years. I'm witnessing. I'm a witness of that. You didn't live in faith. You lived in fear. And God provided for you in your unbelief. When are you going to believe that God is going to care for you? And then she also added in, why would he not provide this time? And I look back. It was not because of my great faith. It was not because of all my positive confession. She was right. I was living in unbelief. I was living in fear. Yet God provided. The only thing that the fear did was it was just putting pressure on the relationship. It was just uh, putting pressure in the sense of unnecessary arguments about things. I must say it brought a great change, just that logical understanding. It's as if I saw the faithfulness of God even in the midst of my unfaithfulness as pertaining to faith and trust in Him. He provides, almost like Jesus speaking to the disciples. Look at the previous times when, and I'm using my own words, when you didn't have faith and I provided bread. Why now do you think that I wouldn't provide I changed water into wine. I did feed the 5,000. I did care. Why, why are you stressed out now? Now there's a storm. Why are you living in fear? I said, let's go to the other side. So what are we going to do? We're going to go to the other side. And even in the time when they lived in continual unbelief and they were fearing and they were saying, don't you care that we perish? jesus still calmed the storm for them even in that situation i believe he would have calmed the storm anyway or they would have just been on the other side should the storm have continued anyway he was not stressed out at all so here we find so many times that we are living in unnecessary stress and we bring harm over ourselves because of a lack of trust that does not um Change God's action towards us. He's faithful to us even before we believed in Him. He gave His Son while we were sinners. It's just talking about a quality of life that I'm talking about a quality of life that God has for us. Now, back to what Paul is saying here and the scripture here in verse 10. It says that He gave Jesus, and Paul was to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. We as Christians, We can minister the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, if you don't do that and you're always worried and stressed, I mean, I don't say we cannot have a normal conversation when we have a barbecue just about normal life. That can be there. Yet, I also believe that even without talking about Jesus, we can have a very positive outlook on the world and the future. Today is much better than ever in history, man. I've just mentioned to you on how you were to worship other gods in the time of Jesus and prior to Jesus in the time of, of, of a lot of these heathen, heathens believing in these false gods, sacrificing children, all of that. That is definitely not the way things go generally in the world today we find the effect of the resurrected Christ and we can rest. We can rest. Has God been faithful until now? Yes. What's going to change? Nothing. He's going to remain faithful. I preach that always on the New Year's messages. One thing you can expect is that the God of last year will be the same God of the next year, which is the same God that gave his son. Amen. The intent on why this good news is preached is this. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Heavenly realms here does not refer to uh, demons. It refers to political leaders. So what he's saying is, is that we are, as the church, through the life that jesus effortlessly bring forth in our lives be uh, uh, basically a news report a good news report to other authorities where it is said that jesus is lord over these people's lives he's brought them peace peace in the midst of turmoil he's brought loving kindness to them he's brought the fruit of the spirit to them they live as people that have the hope of eternal life so the intent was that through us unto powers and principalities unto in the in paul's day the the caesar all the centurions the leaders of the synagogues and the leaders of the temple and all those people that to them may be made known even through the gentiles it might be made known the dimensions of the love of god so We as the church cannot define being informed by having knowledge of the things of the world. We are God's information that the world lacks. We all know that there's corruption out there. We all know that people lie. We all know that people are in it for themselves. We all know that. That is common knowledge. I think, and this is just my opinion, is that we, we can so easily, or a, a human being is the right word here, can so easily be addicted to negative news because, like I mentioned, every time it releases something in you and it gives you a fix to the point that you all the time need to hear something negative, which is not God's quality of life for you. Neither am I even proposing that you should try and get rid of that by yourself. It is not possible. It's something you get saved from. It's something you get delivered from by the resurrected Jesus, by his goodness, as you are just willing for him to bring that forth in your life. Can we talk about negative things? Yes, I do see Paul talking about negative things. I do see Jesus talk about negative things. But he is preaching the positive. And that is when you look at the Bible, you look at The the idea that you get when you read it is the love of God for humanity. That is the focus, not negativity. Look what these people have done again. Look what those have done. No, 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 it is. Look at what God has done again. He has healed somebody. He has brought peace. He's raised Christ from the dead. He's given us hope. So here it says that his intent was that now through the church, The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities. So God has got a wisdom. Jesus Christ became the wisdom of God unto us. So we're not becoming wise (laughs) by hearing about what bad thing people are doing again. No, we are becoming wise by having knowledge of what God has done in Christ. That is wisdom that is wisdom. The Bible says that through Jesus Christ we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. All you ever need is found in the fact that Jesus died for you, he rose again and that is from where you find your life. If you study at the university, obviously you're going to have other knowledge. You're going to have knowledge about your subject and that. I'm not saying you cannot have knowledge about that, but the wisdom you need in how to live in this world, or I wouldn't even say how to, from which you live is Jesus, man. That is the focus. That is what our kids need to hear. That is what we need to hear on a daily basis. Okay, Um, I want to just go to Romans 8. And I want to read um,
1: from verse. Let's read from verse thirty-one. What shall we say, say
0: then? Shall uh, excuse me. What shall we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will He not also? Along with Jesus, graciously give us all things. So how will you have everything you need? By grace, graciously. So what can we be mindful of? The grace of God. How are you going to get through a difficult situation? By grace. How are we as Christians going to stand in a difficult time? By grace. So what should we be knowledgeable about? the grace of God, the love of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Let me see how long have I preached. The faithfulness of God. That's what we should be knowledgeable about. We should know the goodness of God because the grace of God is the power of his resurrection. If he gives you, if he gave his son to you while you were a sinner, why will he then not without your contribution, without your right doing, without your wisdom and knowledge, not give you all things. Just live your life. Believe in Jesus. Trust him. He brings it to you. It says, what can we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? God justifies. Jesus brings life. He's seated at the right hand of God and he's making intercession for us. Listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love that there is in Christ? What is the love that there is in Christ? It is the life that God brings us. That is the love that there is in Christ. Who will separate you from that which God has dreamt for you? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger, or sword? Now listen to this. Shall danger separate you from what God has dreamt for you? No, it shall not. Danger shall not separate you. So, if you get knowledge of any danger, you can know this. That danger cannot separate you from what God has dreamt for you in the resurrected Jesus Christ you will still have peace you will still have joy and you will still have eternal life so should we think that we need to have knowledge of danger because if we don't have knowledge of danger we don't it can be very dangerous let me tell you something if people tell you and if i am told And if my mind wants to tell myself, listen, Bert, you need to have more knowledge of danger. That's what we bring over ourselves many times. Otherwise, you're not safe. I don't have to have knowledge of danger to be safe. No, it says nothing can separate me from the love that there is in Christ Jesus. I don't have... Let, let me put it this way. I want to try and make it very practical. I don't have to go and spend six months investigating how much crime there is in Malmesbury in order to have enough knowledge to lock my door at night. No, I can just have the, a feeling in my heart lock the door and that's enough. And then I've saved myself six months of studying and what is going on in town and being negative and having knowledge on things that I can practically, basically do nothing about. What I'm going to do anyway is I'm going to love on my neighbor and I'm going to be generous and I'm going to be kind and that the life I need to live towards those that are outside has already been born in me through simple knowledge that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that's true about you. Glory to God. We, we don't need unnecessary stress. Sometimes there's just too much information out there and we get information about things that we can do nothing about anyway. And all of that information does is it stresses us up and it f- puts our focus on something that, is, that we're not even supposed to handle. Okay, I'm going to read on. Now in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So if there's danger ahead of you, what will be the outcome? You're going to be more than a conqueror. How? Even if the worst happen, you'll be raised from the dead and you'll have eternal life as Jesus. Was Jesus more than a conqueror when the worst happened? Yes, He was raised from the dead. He's more. He's more than a conqueror over death. He didn't just conquer death. He's living eternal life. He didn't wasn't just raised from the dead. He lives forever, seated at the right hand of God. Neither death nor life, nor angel nor demon, neither the present nor anything in the future nor any power neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love which is the life that God gives us that there is in God through Jesus Christ nothing can separate you nothing 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 but what if this and this happening the future Nothing in the future, nor created thing, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate you from the resurrection life of Jesus Christ that is towards you, in you, and gives you the fruit of the Spirit today. Now what more do you need to know? That is all I need to know. That's all you need to know. That's all I need to know in order to walk in victory. Glory to God. Glory
1: to God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that you, as a Christian,
0: that in the simplicity of knowing God's love knows enough to live a successful life where you are right now. If you work for your boss wherever you work, right there where you work, by knowing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, knowing who you are, having love for those around you and respect for those in the company right there and just having Christ's life manifest right there is enough. That is enough. You don't have to have your emotions based on what's going on in every company all over the world and whatsoever is negative. What, what do you want to do with that information? You can just know it and be controlled by it. It's like Paul says, everything is basically, um, it's legal to hear it, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of everything. I can drink wine, but I am not going to be brought under the power of alcohol. I'm not going to do that. I can uh, enjoy certain things, but I'm not going to be under... Everything is lawful, but everything is not expedient. Am I allowed to listen to all these things? Yes, but is it expedient for you? How does it motivate you? How does it empower you? How does it flood your mouth with the fullness of the goodness of God? That's the question. Now, for the solution, what if you are caught up in fear? What if you are bound by uh, fear on what's going on around you? For those of you maybe that are not living in in, in South Africa and in some first world country where things are safe and so forth, you know, when you live in a country where people are um, just shot for nothing, you know, you your mind wants to go there easily, easily tempted to go there to preserve your own life. Where's the danger? I need to avoid the danger. The way God is telling you, speaking to us is God works in me and God in me is there that even if there is danger, I still have the hope of eternal life. That's how it works. And that lets your mind go to rest. But to get back to the point, it might not sound as if why do you want why do you want to talk about this why use this for an example you know if you live in a country where people are regularly shot uh where where there is a lot of crime you know i think it's relevant and i think maybe if you're not living in such a country there's always something that you can think of that brings fear to your heart be it politically whatever injustices whatever and makes it relevant we can know this and if we are bound up in these fears if we are bound up a feeling i need to know what's the next negative news and if i don't get it it's almost as if i need to get my fix there's freedom there's freedom we don't have to be brought under the power you listen to the news but you cannot you don't have to be brought under the power of it how do you know if you're brought under the power of it if it dictates your emotions to you your feelings your your language what, what you speak about if your mouth starts to flow be full of it your heart is full of it it flows out in your mouth listen christian there's no condemnation for you you don't have to be condemned to a life like that in christ you can be free from that and I have found myself many times in stress and in fear. But then the Holy Spirit reminds me of a life free from that. Free free from anxiety. Free from what are we gonna do about it? The other day somebody said to me, But Bertie, what if what, what if they come? What if they come and they kill you? What what if they come and they, they kill your child? What then? Well, If we get killed, we're going to be raised from the dead in the resurrection of Christ and live forevermore. Uh, Hallelujah. That is what's going to take place. That is what's going to happen. But is that a comforting thought? Yes, it's a comforting thought. Because it gives me a hope beyond the grave. It's greater. What if you lose anything? Everything. What if you, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is already there. I don't even have to have an answer now because I am already safe enough in him. What if they close down the company and they, they say that, you know, you, 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 you're not allowed to have, practical example in South Africa, you're not allowed to, you're only have, allowed to have two white people work in the country and the rest, the rest of them must all be black. What about your kids? What, what about them? Well, I can say this, that nothing in the future will separate me from the love of God so what you're going to do right now to to prevent that well what I do know is that I can believe in Jesus Christ and the peace he gives me in the midst of now of all these things can be a letter can be a message to all people where God will provide and even in that time God will provide for us That is the way it is. And what are you going to do right now? Well, right now, while I have, I will help those who have lost their jobs and give towards them and uh, encourage them to start their own business or something. You know, it depends on what the Holy Spirit tells me right now by the life that's not born from stress. We don't need the negative to activate us. We need the positive. I just read an article on uh, what uh, too much stress does to you. It brings apathy because you feel it doesn't matter what we do, it's not going to work anyway. That's what it does. The more you get stuck into the negative, a negative message, the more you get flooded with that, I want to tell you, the more it breeds apathy, it brings you to a place where you don't want to eat, uh, do anything. It even, if you read the article, tells you that it leads to obesity, where you just eat because your sugar levels are not right. There's some, go, go and read studies on what stress brings to your life and what it can bring. And then think for yourself, I've got good news. If you're caught in all these things, here's the good news. There's a loving Jesus that has always cared for you even in the middle of your stress. And this loving Jesus is telling you, and this is the scripture that I want to, want to end with.
1: Colossians chapter 3.
0: Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Go and say, Lord, thank you for this message today and thank you that you refocus my mind by your doing. I didn't try to get my mind refocused. You brought this message over my path. I've listened to it and it is refocusing me on the good news. Thank you for that, Lord. And that is what I am open for. That is it. As you You are in that relationship with God. You find the new mind manifest in you and you can live in freedom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, Let me just mention this. I just want to mention this as well. Just quickly in Ephesians 3. This is Paul's prayer and this is my prayer for you. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being. So God strengthens you in your inner being. You're not strengthened in your inner being in any other way but through the power of the resurrection. That's the only way. So if you want freedom from stress, how do you get free from stress? Through the power of the resurrection. How does that take place? You hear the gospel. As faith rises in your heart, you say, This is true about me. The message of the resurrected Christ is true about me. He gives me life. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep the love of Christ is, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So what fills you with the fullness of God? Knowing the dimensions of the love of God, the unsearchable riches of his love, not how wrong you are, how wrong you've now been thinking again about, this message is not about condemning you, it's about pointing out to you that you don't have to be deceived in thinking that you must have knowledge of the negative things in order to be a complete Christian. A complete Christian is found in knowing the dimensions of the love of God, not legalism, not guilt, not condemnation, the love of God from which you cannot be separated. Nothing in the future can ever separate you from the love that there is in christ absolutely nothing this love is the life that he brings forth by his doing and not yours he prays that they may be strengthened in the inner man by the power of the holy spirit to understand the love of god well i've run out of time and um, we are we definitely going to talk about this more in our daily devotional let me pray for you Father, I want to thank you for your goodness and your love and your kindness. Thank you that you are a God that cares for us. And Lord, thank you that your love floods us. I pray for every person that is caught up in fear, caught up in anxiety about the future. Thank you that you bring freedom to them in the resurrected Jesus and they might be strengthened with might in the inner man. Right there, where you are, if you are grabbed by fear, you're so tired of being afraid. You're so tired of hearing negative news and having your life formed by the news. You feel that you want to stop watching it, but you cannot. I want to pray for you. This prayer is for you. Thank you, Father. That by the power of the resurrection of Jesus, I can speak to their hearts, and I say, we make an end to this bondage, and that you. That these people that you love, Lord, are free. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for watching. Know that you are deeply loved by God. You are deeply cared for by God. If any one of you have got any need to be prayed for or any form of counseling, please feel free to contact us at info at Info at dynamicministries.com. And we will gladly contact you and help you. God bless.